0: I'm dreaming of a nice website. Web loads decreasing, did you know? And my New Year's wishes for better tools to exist that help us make unique websites accessible. Yeah, I'm dreaming of a nice website, learning more and more each day, with your blog post demo sites, and sharing what you come by, it's time to wrap the year up on Tools Day. Welcome to Tools Day, a podcast about tech tools, tips, and tricks every other Tuesday at 2. I'm your co-host, Yuna.
1: And I'm Chris.
0: And today we are talking about our 2018 favorites, our favorite things that we either discovered this year or that we used a lot more this year and that we're excited to tell you about in case you missed some previous shows. Kind of like our, I don't know, we kind of do like a wrap-up where we just kind of talk about our favorite things from the year. Yeah so before we get into it it, too much oh sorry go
1: on no i was gonna say we've done this for the last two years uh and so this is just an hour annual ritual for us
0: yeah this is the third year of the show isn't that crazy like thank you all for listening it's (laughs) it's a lot of talking that we have recorded people could definitely recreate (laughs) our voice to say anything at this point oh no no
1: ai (laughs) will get us
0: Technology. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Technology. (laughs) Uh, Today's show sponsor is Linode, and they've given our listeners a free $20 worth of infrastructure credit with promo code TOOLSDAY2018. You can instantly deploy and manage an SSD server in seconds in the Linode cloud with your choice of Linux distros, resources, and node locations. Plans start at one gigabyte of RAM for $5 a month, with high memory plans starting at 16 gigabytes. I'll have an option for hourly billing with a cap and including a seven day money back guarantee. There are 10 data centers worldwide and you can get a server running in under a minute. Build virtual machines and run Docker containers, encrypted disks, VPNs, or whatever else you'd need. If something goes wrong, rest assured with 24/7 friendly support and phone support being an option as well. They have a Python CLI, RESTful API, and have a manager tool as well, which is active on GitHub if you want to get involved and contribute. Remember, you get a $20 credit when you use promo code Day 2018 So visit linode.com, that's L-I-N-O-D-E dot com slash TOOLSDAY and enter the code TOOLSDAY2018 to get your $20 worth of infrastructure credit for your next project. I feel like the holidays are actually a really great time to do side projects or like catch up on learning things. I'm definitely going to go through some courses just to kind of like do a refresher. I love doing that around the yeah, holidays. Same. Cause usually like work winds down, you have a break. Like I know they're in uh, school, but it's like a winter break.
1: <laughs> it's, it's we have a winter break. So uh, Netflix is nice because we have a great vacation policy. So I'm off until Jan 7th. Whoa! Uh, That's starting awesome. Friday, so I'm excited for that. Nice. Um, but yeah, I have kind of the same thing where my 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 winter break is spent learning new things and just like casually peru like you know, watching Egghead uh, IO videos or. Yeah front of masters content it's a good time
0: my office does like a work from home week next week because it's like between christmas and new year's and um i think that my work from home is going to be like self-development because i haven't really spent a lot of time um doing Mm. that as much this year and i don't like that so i want to definitely be building more stuff i mean i say that at the end of every year um (laughs) and i i I do end up building things but like yeah it's a good time to reflect think about your goals um and to start really catching up on what's been going on so to help you start with that we want to talk about our favorite things from this year um do we each have five
1: i think we each have five yeah
0: perfect so do you want to start yeah sure so uh
1: my first and this is not in any particular order of relevance it's just the five things i thought about uh but my first one up is mdx made by zeit and they announced it I think about halfway through the year, and it is what they call the Markdown for the component era. Um, so, if you haven't checked it out before, it basically lets you write JSX inside your Markdown. So, let's say you're um, writing a blog like site and you really want to use, uh, you know, Markdown, but hey, you have some interactive component or element or what have you. With this format, you can just Write your, you know, Markdown as you would normally, and then import in your component. Boom, it's there, um, all in this syntax you like. And what I love about MDX in particular is that it's kind of generated this ecosystem of things that use MDX. And that's now MDX decks. There's MDX docs. There's this thing called Docz, so you can r- build um, a documentation site for your design system or what have you, really easy in Markdown using your components, it's a live playground. So um, yeah, it's one of those things that I've kind of been playing around with a bunch when I'm trying to figure out how do I write docs for things and um, it's been really cool. So that is my kind of quick quick and dirty first one.
0: Nice. So one thing that I want to talk about first is just something that I've talked about on the show a lot and that's CSS modules. I know that CSS modules aren't new. It's not like a new thing this year, but I think that the ecosystem of CSS modules has definitely grown this year, especially as it's tied in with like CLIs, like um, automated generators for other applications. Um, CSS and JS, definitely like a conversation that's been happening for like three years and ramping up. But CSS modules are definitely like my way of writing CSS and JS. And that allows you to still separate your style and code, but access like the benefits of writing code at scale within a component-based application like React um, by writing it in a modular way. You get so many benefits from it. I think if you haven't played with css and js yet it's definitely a good time to um and i really like css modules for the way that they make me feel comfortable as a developer who loves css and likes to write css the way that (laughs) it was meant to be when it was first (laughs) first put out there um you get like that benefit of the comfortability there but then also all the aspects of like performance optimization using javascript within your css just to give it a boost all that stuff
1: uh, so my next one is is, is tangentially related to that because my next one is is actually c s and j s and of course as you mentioned it's not a new thing this year but I think this is the first year where it's exploded so much I feel like yeah, it has uh, I you know um, so many of the projects I see now inside of of Netflix uh, started have started using c s and js and you know I feel like this time last year almost it was still this thing where people were like eh, I don't know about that it's kind of weird. But um, between style components, between that, and that emotion, there's been so much like um, ease of use and tooling developed around this new ecosystem there where it's just like <laughs> trivial to pick it up and go. I think it's matured all, a lot. Yeah, it's matured a lot. And we're now, now approaching kind of the next generation of tools. So now there's now one called Lenara. Lenaria. Um, and Lenaria is like CSS and JS or it's like, it's like style components, the same mm-hmm. syntax. But it's it's special thing is that um, at the end of the day, it actually extracts out to a actual CSS file. right So everything else um, compiles with JavaScript and you still have to run JavaScript to actually use the styles. Lenara, um at build time produces for you a CSS file that you 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 know load like normal. Um, so you get the benefits of st- of you know cell component syntax. And the benefits of a static file like CSS. But then my um, so, question
0: there would be like, what about the dynamic, like addition and removal of code when?
1: Y- y- yeah, and so go? because because it's still inner JavaScript, um, you can still do static analysis with it. So you can still get the awesome like, oh yeah, let's just let only load the critical critical path of CSS. Um, and for um, for prop for dynamic props, what happens is that they add in uh, CSS variables. So it, it requires your browser to be mm-hmm uh ie 10 and above basically um which is you know a, a good chunk of the web now um and massive news
0: from ie that that's they're right. gonna be a webkit-based <laughs> browser from here on forward that's uh, crazy news that's like such a big yeah. deal
1: yeah they're all on chromium now so it's like okay uh, which is both great and scary yes uh, we should do a show uh, on that <laughs> yeah our yeah. thoughts on that <laughs> yeah what what happens when chrome rules the world it's only g- eh. in the uh, well we'll we'll see i think we're, um, we've
0: been seeing it <laughs>
1: Yeah. Uh, I mean, our, so I, I work inside internal Netflix apps and we are Chrome only. So, you know, one of those things. Um, makes your life easier. It does make life easy. Um, but Linara, yeah, uh, uses CSS variables for its dynamic props, And uh, it's super cool. And this is kind of the next gen of of CSS and JS. And so the ecosystem has exploded and it's just a really cool time to jump into that kind of stuff.
0: Love, love that you mentioned CSS variables, because that's the next thing that I want (laughs) to mention. And specifically, uh, CSS custom properties, the properties and values API that has come out like in the past year. So CSS variables aren't new. They've been something that we've been able to use for the past two and a half years, um, grown Browser support, they're pretty much well-supported across all the evergreen browsers. Um, but the Properties and Values API allows you to write your variables in a very specific way where you can give them a syntax, you can give them a fallback. And I think that CSS Custom Properties, specifically in like, how this API, it's a Houdini API, how it allows us to write can give us a lot more control over systems of design. Um, it can give us a lot more control over like how... Developers are implementing or using libraries that are CSS-based libraries. So I'm really excited for having this kind of control over every single variable. It's like typed CSS, like TypeScript, yeah. but for CSS. <laughs> says, how, how
1: about that? The typed OM, right? It is. It's the typed
0: uh, yeah. CSS OM. So I'm yeah. super excited about that. Um, and I got to start playing with that this year. It's definitely not supported across all browsers yet, but I'm excited about that to support more next year.
1: Uh, one of our former colleagues, Sam, o- uh, Sam Richards, posted up a glitch, um, walkthrough of Houdini's uh, stuff, and it's like actually really. He, and one of the things he's typed om, and it's actually a great kind of intro, great one of the many great intros people have about Houdini. So, um, I was playing around with that recently. I'm like, oh yeah, this is so exciting for the future.
0: Yeah, Houdini's dope. Uh- That's gonna be my yeah. next one just a <laughs> teaser oh sorry i oh god I, <laughs> i'll talk more about uh, it <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, um okay so my next one um is state machines um and this is something i'm still diving into now this is actually one of the things i'll be diving into more deeply during my christmas break where i have you know some time to read about this stuff um and state machines and especially x-state is a so x-state is a library by david piano who's on our show david is so talented he's a microsoft years developer years. yeah i yeah, think he was... was on
0: the show this year i don't know We'll we'll link his episode
1: yeah i don't remember but it wasn't about Xdate. it was about uh, it was about um what was it about it was I about animating like animating, yes, okay yeah okay That's something completely different but um um for those of you who don't know so uh state machines and state charts are kind of a formal syntax for modeling um state in general um so you know it's kind of just you to take it to the uI world um you would kind of describe a piece of ui let's say by like, like a text input you'd have it in an object and say the object has you know three states it has an idle state, you know it has an active state, it has a typing state and maybe a done state um, and then for each state you give it a um, a set of events say on typing move to the next state um, on you know pol- or enter move to the final state um, this is a, one of those things that's very hard to talk about uh, <laughs> yeah, but we'll definitely link the the docs um, but it's basically a way to kind of you know just make UIs predictable in every way possible and um, as I've been you know kind of diving into more and more complex UIs um, I keep running into these issues where oh hey I forgot about a state here i forgot about oh yeah there's a loading state here that that happens when this mm, thing triggers yeah. um and state machines are kind of a way to kind of you know you go through and you you describe everything and so there's not a chance for you to miss one of those steps um and state machines have existed for a long time x state so is like the first
0: convention over configuration where it gives you like a checklist of you must have all this uh, set up.
1: Uh, kind of. It's it, it. doesn't require you to do anything per se. But um, if you build your apps using state machines, you, there's not really a way for you to enter a state that you did not intend. Mm-hmm. Um, and most people won't use it entirely that way because it's just so foreign to like, everything else you're doing. But it can be a great um, you know, add on to what you're already doing. Um, and xstate again is is David Pianos library to kind of make this easy to do in JavaScript and I'm still diving this into now, but um, it's one of those things where I, I've actually bought a book about this. Um, wow, real book. And, <laughs> a, a, real, a real programming book. Um, and I, I have a suspicion between, you know, state machines mm-hmm. and the actor model that, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Paul Lewis talked about uh, in the Google Chrome Summit. I think those two kind of models may be a lot more prevalent next year. So trying to cool. uh, get ahead of the curve there. Okay,
0: so the next thing I want to talk about um, is Houdini, and we definitely did a show about this. We did, like, two shows this year. Um, But the reason why I love talking about it is because it's, to me, at least the new way that we're going to be writing CSS in the next couple of years. It gives developers access to the CSS object model uh, where you can write worklets that kind of work like um, service workers that live, like, between that um, network and page layer of your application and you can access them. But When you load the page, you get the worklet uh, code essentially to run through your CSS. So you're sort of building it from the top. You're not like building your page and then rewriting your page with JavaScript. So it's like true, like CSS based polyfills um, writing out features that browsers don't yet support. It's really cool. Like you can get super, super creative with this. The paint API thing that is like the most supported right now Um, you can will also typed object model, which I just talked about, but with paint, like you basically use a canvas and you can get really creative with that. Um, using all the logic that you can use with the canvas, but now you can also have it be dynamic um, and use in your CSS directly and support for Houdini is like, it's not great yet, but every <laughs> browser vendor intends to implement it. So that's like a really big deal. Um, and Edge is the only one that, like, has no signal on this list from, like, is Houdini But rest in peace, Edge. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, so soon that'll be just, like, I don't know, Chrome. (laughs) Um, So there's a ton that's really exciting about Houdini. There's a layout API, Paint, Parser. If you're interested in learning more about Houdini, I would definitely listen to one of our other shows or checking out some of the resources on the web. But I am totally excited for this. It's, like, one of the things that has gotten me most excited about, like, web development in this year so that I had to mention <laughs> here. Yeah, I, Separate I'm of super, custom properties because they're both yeah. like the same but both different. Both
1: Houdini-ish. They're, well, yeah. Houdini adjacent. Houdini, yeah, well, <laughs> the
0: typed object model is a Houdini yeah. API, but the properties and values, like specifically with CSS custom right. properties, I feel like deserve to mention.
1: Yeah. Um, Houdini is one of those things where I I look at it every now and then. So I mentioned Sam Richards' glitch um, page of, of, of walking through it. There's also... A, t- a ton of other resources, but whenever I look at it, I'm always a a blog post coming out
0: this month. <laughs> and uh
1: Okay, so my next one is more of a category and it's around uh web performance. Um I feel like in the last year web making your app performant has become so, so, so much easier. Um, as well as so much easier to diagnose. And so Or diagnose, di- diagnosed? Diagnose, diagnose diagnosed? Diagnosed is wrong. Also, fun oh. fact, <laughs> I
0: checked HTTP Archive before the show, and yeah. for the first year in a long time, the web has not gotten slower and bloatier. It's, like, wow. it's like neutralizing. It's exciting.
1: There we go. Yeah, and so, you know, Lighthouse um, is now part of Chrome uh, as opposed to a separate extension that happened this year. And Lighthouse is just an amazing way to just figure out, find basically every problem your, your, your web app has. Um, and then there's just a bevy of new tools to kind of make your app fast. And so, um, Webpack four, which is kind of the new Webpack, has made it really easy to to code split. Um, if you just add in a one zone configuration, you'll automatically get vendor and app code splitting. Uh, you don't have to do a single thing. Uh, react, uh, by default down with three 16.6. Um, if you just wrap your components with this react lazy thing, it'll code split for you. Uh, super easy. Um, the Chrome Developer Relations team has built this thing called Workerize, which makes you makes it super super easy to make web workers for you know you know difficult code you know or, or complex code. It used to be like kind of this huge you know endeavor to kind of uh, spin up a new web worker, post the message back, receive it, and do all this stuff. With Workerize, it's just like a a promise call. It's just super easy. Um, Oh, there's just so many things that's happened in the last year to make web performance easy. And that's kind of it's really exciting because, you know, um, as our apps get more and more complex and hard to do like, oh, no, it takes it takes 10 seconds to load this page. But now with these tools, it's like, oh, it's it's yeah. almost trivial to to speed up your Web page.
0: It's ex- so exciting for the web. Yeah. Um, speaking of making things easy, my next item is Netlify. I love Netlify. I'm such a Netlify fangirl. Netlify is basically <laughs> a a service that lets you like <laughs> push your site live. It's like it's like a continuous integration. You can use it for anything really but I'm using it for my side projects right now it um, gives you a unique URL for every single change to your site so it makes like if you wanted to do uh, visual integration testing like that makes that a lot easier because you can like overlay these unique websites for every single push Um, but I am just using it to host side projects I basically use it for like instead of github pages which can get a little funky at times Um, I'm using Netlify now. I've moved all my static sites onto there. They have a bunch of features. It's free for my uses at least. It's like... Serverless, I love it. It's just beautiful. Serverless, it works so well. I think serverless is definitely like a big thing that grew in 2018. Um, The people who work in LFI like to talk about like Jamstack, which is like JavaScript APIs and markup, and that's like so my jam, you know, so my jam because I'm not a backend developer, so um, it just feels like magic for me. It's HTTPS automatically too, so you don't have to worry about like getting a certificate and like all that. So I'm definitely like a big fan of Netlify and I would recommend it to anyone who's like doing side projects this holiday season.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I have an add on to that one because I didn't think of this until just now, but Gatsby, you know, is always talked about in the same, same conversations, Netlify, because it's just so easy to kind of spin up a site and go and get this wonderfully performant, easy to deploy, easy to use, easy to build. Gatsby plus Netlify. Uh, Gatsby plus Netlify. So... Shout out to them. We actually had we had Jason Langsworth on yeah. uh, the developer Avocado uh, for uh, Gatsby on maybe right. halfway through the year. So Yeah.
0: So check out that um, show. I love this. We'll just link to all our shows. <laughs> 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 and we also had um, Peter from Netlify on the show, Peter Hawksworth. Yes. So yeah. we'll link those for you.
1: Um, yeah. Um, and then my final one is virtualization. Um, it's not something new in 2018, but it's begun... Something more relevant to my life as uh, I've kind of dove into that world. Uh, virtualization is kind of how do I present extremely large lists of data on a page performantly. And uh, there have been a huge bevy of tools for this, you know, in the past. But a couple of them have kind of jumped out now. Um, React Virtualize was made by Brian Vaughn. He's now a core team on on Facebook. Um, and he recently released a new one called React Window. And all these things have, have now have like very specific APIs to kind of let you use these components without kind of the huge headaches. If anyone's used React Virtualized before, it's a great library, but going through the docs and using it can, you know, cause migraines, um, which is a bummer. And then beyond all the, the libraries that are doing it, um, at Chrome Dev Summit again, uh, they announced Virtual Scroller, which is a proof of concept that Chrome will be doing to say let us figure out virtualization for you so you can use virtual scroller today. Um, it has kind of some cool things, um, with traditional virtualizations, you cannot, you know, control F or Apple F and find data on a page because it doesn't exist. But with virtual scroller and the future, you know, actual browser implementation, you would be able to do these things. And so, uh, it's just kind of cool that the stuff is now being raised from what was Prior, you can have a native app thing, you know, so in, in Android and iOS, it's automatically virtualized always. And now it's being brought from that native world to the web world, which is, um, you know, make, make, make our web apps just a little bit better. So.
0: Cool. I feel like it's like a little bit outside of my uh, <laughs> realm. <laughs> well, but- until
1: until... Until last year, I never really thought about virtualization and then because I always paginated stuff and it just was never a thing for me. And then I got to Netflix and they're like, hey, by the way, you want to have this 100 megabyte file of data, please figure out a way to present this on the page performantly. And I was like, I have no idea what's happening right now. Um, so, yeah.
0: Sounds like a good learning experience here. It was a good
1: learning experience.
0: Nice. Okay, so my last one is something that I use every day. It's called Cap, with a -A Mm. K-A-P. I think the website's getcap.io. It's a great tool that lets you take screen captures and then convert them to whatever format you want. So you can convert them to GIFs, you can convert them to like videos, like WebM is in there. Um, but mm. basically, I use this to record my screen for pull requests, like little interactive changes or whatever I'm doing there. Um, I always like take a screenshot or a cap video, and then I convert it to like a smaller sized GIF to put into GitHub so that um, people like can see what they're looking at before they dive into my branch. And so like I use this all the time, um, mostly with work stuff, like interactive changes in the UI. But I'm grateful for this app. Um, there used to be a, an app called LiceCap mm, sure Lice Cap that I'm sure this was inspired by. Yeah, <laughs> But Cap is like a better version of that because it gives you a lot more ease of control um, with what your output is. And so I'm stoked on Cap. I just I use it all the time. I don't know what I would do yeah. without it. OK, I think that's wow. all for our list. But I do want to ask you. One more thing, Chris. Before okay. We go. Uh, all right, what are all you right. excited about for the web in 2019? that's Ooh, starting to emerge.
1: Am I, what am I excited about? Okay. So uh, I kind of alluded to this in my previous, one of my previous t- points, but I am s- so excited about um, how easy it has become, or not easy, but how much more accessible it has become to build um, more and more complex applications that look amazing. Um, between yeah between like um you know the app the new tech like houdini between tech like um gatsby um you can now deploy applications that just work so well um and look so good also like material
0: theming that came out this year is really impressive um yeah a lot of that those tools like give developers the power to not only make something like work fast and efficiently, but also make it look nice.
1: Yeah. To me, it's kind of like the next bootstrappy thing, right? So we we say bootstrap now negatively, but you know, back in like 2011, it allowed so many people to build like websites that they couldn't before. And Absolutely. I feel like...
0: Absolutely. Like hackathon days. Uh, I used to do hackathons all the time. And, like bootstrap yeah. was what you used.
1: Yeah. It just made things easy. And so I think, you know, Gatsby is obviously a lot more complicated than and bootstrap but i think it's allowing it in the next phase of developers um to you know build their new apps i'm kind of excited for this new wave of applications that are coming out so yeah. that to me the, the, the kind of democratization of the web and web applications in particular um is is pretty cool for me
0: i love that I feel like, so what I'm excited about is I'm seeing like all these new horizons into VR and AR.
1: Oh, I I completely forgot. (laughs) On Twitter,
0: every day there's like some awesome demo by like people who are in the web development world making like crazy AR demos. And like, I saw this one of this Nike shoe that had like a a clear bottom, like a clear sole that you could see the light through. It was absolutely amazing. And also in um, Safari... 12 like whatever safari version came out this year they released like a native ar viewer so if you mm. put like a 3d object in there you could just place it in your space um built yeah. into the browser so that's why i think that we're going to see a lot more like ar and vr on the web and i'm like yeah. stoked about that i love this integration with the web like when i think of the web i think of it responsively in terms of like on your watch and like where you are physically in time and space and now we can think about it as how the web interacts with the space around us by yeah. getting integrated into that space around us like through yeah. ar yeah um so i'm excited about that i hope that we do an episode about like web vr or like some kind of we need to do uh,
1: a cubs ar thing yeah i something. totally agree with you yeah
0: um And if you have any recommendations for shows for us or suggestions or things that you'd like to hear us talk about, please send us a tweet or uh, send us an email. Twitter is better, though. Our Twitter is at toolsday, T-O-O-L-S-D-A-Y for um, whatever you'd love to hear us talk about next year. Also remember that you get a $20 credit when you use promo code TOOLSDAY2018 at Linode or visit linode.com slash toolsday to get your $20 worth of infrastructure credit for your next project. If you want to build something in the next few weeks, you know, build something to kick off the new year, want to definitely give Linode a big thank you. I also want to give a big thank you to Webflow who has been our sponsor on Patreon for a while now so thank you to webflow we hope to do a show about them next year because i saw at clarity conference like a preview of their product they're working on and it's legitimately impressive like i can't wait to dive into it a little bit more um and i also want to give a big thank you to all of you listeners who have followed us who have been listening to the show if you've been like an og listener i <laughs> bow down to you <laughs> you've heard a lot of us Um, Definitely couldn't do this without you. So we appreciate your continued support um, and we will see you next year.